Hello and welcome to Songwriting Idiots, the show where every month, Ralph and I attempt to write a song in a genre and on a topic decided by you, the listener, in the vague hope that maybe through our trial and error, uh, you guys learn a little something about songwriting. <laughs> uh, sometimes, maybe. Who knows? That's, that's, that's what we hope, at least, <laughs> in our heads. Um, I am here with Mr. Ralph. And we are trying out today a brand new recording setup. Oh, let, let me paint you a mental image. So we're in the same room we've always been in. And if you've listened to the last episode in particular, you might have heard, even though I really tried my best in editing, that we were kind of a bit all over the place on each other's tracks. Uh, we call it a bleed in, mm. in the business. And uh, we now try to separate it, um, ourselves a bit more. So I'm still in the room now, but Dan is away on the other side. Just outside the room, through the door, looking at me cheekily. <laughs> Let's see if this is any better. I've literally been kicked out of my own room. Yep. Uh, so I am outside. <laughs> so hopefully this works. And uh, to give you an idea of sort of the space between us, I, it's, it's a little bit like those, those things that you see on, uh, in, in old sort of British films where there's a lord and a lady in their castle probably and manor house and they have that you know there's huge banquet tables and the, the lord sat on one end and the lady at the other end with the literal sole purpose i think so that they have to communicate uh, there's probably like a wild boar like on, on on the table in the middle and some candles uh and that's what it feels like with you ralph that's the most english reference i've ever heard i'm proud <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we are not here to talk about any of that. No. We are here for our penultimate episode of this season, and we're going to talk about folk music. But I have a sinking feeling that there was something else we need to quickly address. Oh, there is indeed. Uh, in case you haven't listened to it yet, or just to remind you, perhaps, uh, last month, uh, Ralph and I had the wonderful challenge of writing a girl band song about why potato is the best food in the world. And it sounded a little bit like this. Okay, thank God we've got this behind us. And I am very happy to announce that this month I, number one, had more time. And number two, was more excited about what we were about to do. So I, I think it turned out a bit better. So um, let's leave this behind us for good. Because we are here to talk about folk music, Dan. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't know about you, but when I thought of folk music, or when we got the genre of folk music, I... I was a bit lost because yeah. I felt like I knew what folk music was, but then I realized that my idea of folk music is just an absolutely minuscule version of what folk music really is. And it's a little tricky when you have such a broad genre mm -hmm. to deal with to narrow it down to what you actually want to do. Yeah. So it's, this is probably a good time to talk a little bit about the history of folk music. And I presume, Ralph, our resident historian, mm. uh, there's probably quite a lot of history around folk music. It's so hard to pin down. It's, I mean, mm. you already said it, right? It's, it's, it's not only a broad genre. I would argue it isn't even a genre. It's more than anything, traditionally at least, 
it's a description of anything that is not professional music. And that was the use for folk music for, for forever, basically. So we've been right? doing folk music since the day we, since the day we began. <laughs> well, we are and we always will be folk musicians. But you know, you know what I mean? If you go back, folk music, what, what does folk music mean? I actually read one quite 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 a cool definition actually. Folk music is a type of music that represents a culture, which you can define as broadly or narrowly as you want, I guess, and can be performed by a group of people with the instruments they have at hand, whether they are trained or not as musicians. So that's kind of the broadest definition I could find. I think it's it's good. I mean, it's not all encompassing, but it's good. The, the problem with folk is obviously, if you go back, you could go back to Babylonian times, to Sumerian times, n- doesn't matter, right? They all had some sort of music. We know they did, we just don't know what it sounded like. And if you have to put a label on, onto that, it probably would be folk music. Mm-hmm. And if you move then into antiquity and you have i don't know some greek guys running around naked in some i don't know uh in a barrel or whatever uh, singing serenades that's a horrible horrible description of greek times anyway that would probably be labeled folk music similarly like all medieval music we think of if it's not church music at least we might want to label it as folk music again it's very broad it gets only broader later, so I already mentioned that. Once we get into the modern era, or like early modern era, 17th, 18th century, that's really really when we start to get cocky about music in Europe, right? That's when we have our Bachs, and we have our Mozarts, and we have our Strausses, and I don't know, later on some Beethovens, and, uh, and so on. And at that point, we got quite cocky, and that was real music, right? That was actual music. It was written down, so, you know, that was high music. And everything that was not written down and was written by people who did not live in palaces or were paid by people who live in palaces uh, was folk music. And I think that didn't change for a long, long time. That is the time we can probably look at Irish traditional folk music, probably the best known example. But, uh, you know, name any country, they had folk music. And uh, I guess only in the 20th century did that kind of change. And I feel like it became some sort of a genre, didn't it? Yeah, because, I mean, we could even go back to the word folk, right? It comes from, you know, for the language buffs amongst us, uh, it comes from the German word for people, right? Yeah, folk. And uh, you can see it kind of the, the music of the people, like you said. There was the kind of court music, uh, the high class music, and then there was the music of the people. Yeah, it's the and elite what, versus masses. Right, exactly. And uh, I think uh, folk music traditionally also took on those sort of lyrical topics as well. Mm-hmm. It, it was the... It was, the whatever the general population was going through at the time it could have been poverty it could have been low wages it could have been civil war you know all of these things uh, that's what the general population went through and tends to find its way into the at least the lyrical uh sort of things that come up in folk songs yeah actually i don't know why but right now and i think it's a quite fitting image for that i now had to think of titanic the movie <laughs> You've seen a movie? <laughs> Rarely. But I've seen Titanic twice. It's not as bad as people make it. So, but you have that scene there where obviously most people on Titanic, especially in like the upper two classes, right? They, they were upper class people, literally. <laughs> and you have that scene where, you know, they are sitting at dinner and there's some classical musicians there and they play stuff and, you know, it's all quite upper class and stiff upper lip and stuff. And then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, whatever, Jack, I think, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. takes Rose, 
Don't pretend like you don't know. Yeah, you know. No, but I have to think. (laughs) Takes her down deck, basically, to this wild party. And what did they play? They played folk music, right? Mm -hmm. Irish-style folk music. And I think that is actually, you know, it's an oversimplification, of course. But that's basically what it was for a long time, I'd argue. That's not too far from the truth. It's a very good visual (laughs) visual thing to show folk music, actually, yeah. Compared to classical upper-class music. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, when I think of uh, folk music that I was aware of, really, and thought of when I thought of like folk, I thought of artists like Bob Dylan yeah. and Joan Baez, Joni Mitchell, Cat Stevens, sixties, sixties, yeah, American music from the sixties, exactly right. right. And I feel like that that's an interesting place to talk about as well because there was a lot going on in America at that time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Vietnam sure. War. That was a big one. Um, than civil rights generally. And I feel like that probably sparked what we think of maybe as modern folk music. And I think that's what I tried to to hint at earlier. I, th- I think that's really when we can start to think of folk as a genre. Before that, I think it's not usable as a genre. And I think even today, it's, it, it's borderline useless. To call something folk, you know, just go on Spotify, type in folk in, in, in the search bar, and you're going to come to these genre pages, right, and the genre playlists. And I would argue it, it could be anything. If you, if you open, like, Fresh Folk is one of them. In my in my eyes, that's alternative pop or whatever. It's not like, you know, it's, it's still kind of useless. But that's the first time, I think, in history where we at least had something, like some sort of genre that is definable-ish, Right. As folk, yeah. Uh, in, so not only with sort of its lyrical topics, but also the the instruments that were used, very traditionally acoustic instruments, right? Yeah. That like because you could carry them around everywhere, you could play them by the fireside, probably. You only had to know like six, seven chords. Exactly, yeah. Guitar, simple stuff, yeah. Um, and that's where it differs from pop, like modern day pop, probably mm. because that's heavily produced with you know electronic sounds often. You won't find that in in folk music. I would I would say even modern folk music. It, you're unless it's some sort of crossover genre, right? Like if we're going pure folk, it will very largely be acoustic instruments. Yeah, I mean there was this huge scene back in the sixties, right? When Bob Dylan mm. walked on stage with like a tele, no a Stratocaster, whatever, yeah. an electric guitar. He was booed off stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Halfway through his set, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he changed. Right, he didn't yeah, yeah. walk up stage with it. He had yeah, yeah. had his acoustic guitar and his harmonica and everything. Yeah. And then at some point he had an electric guitar, and people did not like it. And and I think that was in like seven, 1970 or something. Right, right. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, I think that's fair. It's an acoustic genre. Yeah, I think we could talk about this forever, but let's leave it there. Let's say it's a hard, hard to define. Oh, but we've done our best. There's both a lot and very little folk out there at the same time. But let's see how we did. And for that, I, I think it just might be time to open up here. Oh, my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> So uh, for regular listeners, you will know that every every episode before we uh, submit the other person to the torture of our own song, <laughs> we like to prepare them with a uh, with a little bit of liquid courage. Uh, and uh, so we always drink a beer whilst we whilst we do this because you know it helps. It, it really does help numb the pain. And uh, this month, our beer is one that we've featured on the show before. Uh, again, we are always open for sponsorship beer companies from from Bavaria, Ralph's second home, uh, B- Bavaria in Germany. It's uh, an Augustina beer, uh, classic, very very solid beer, hard recommended to, beat. to all. Yep, hard to beat. Please sponsor us. <laughs> oh, it's going to be interesting. So you're going to throw the opener over, like let's say five meters distance. 
please remember the image of us being at a, a long banquet table at a castle. I have the equivalent of a sharp knife. It wasn't on annoying you. <laughs> I've got to get the angle right. And that was This beautiful. could have ended badly. It, it, Ralph could have lost a hand. He did not. So with that, uh, I, I have some, some liquid courage ready to go for your song, Ralph. Now, just as a, as a reminder to listeners, we had to write a folk song and the lyrical topic was why light pollution has ruined my astronomy career. <laughs> and I always thought of astrology uh, when I was going through this, uh, but it's astronomy. Honestly, though, doing astronomy in uh, times of light pollution is probably quite close to astrology. You're guessing. It's just belief. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting, interesting topic that actually I would say, and uh, correct me if you did something different, but leads. So we usually write fairly jokey songs, mm-hmm. right? From a lyrical content or at least, you know, funny stories. It's actually gave us potential to be a bit more serious this time around because uh, light pollution is a serious thing. Yeah, it actually is, I think. But, I mean, we, we do have more serious problems if we really look, dig deep, but uh, it, it is a problem. And, I, yeah, I agree. I, I took it as a nice chance to leave the more humorous side behind a little bit, especially after the uh, d- disaster of my last song. Well, I, I can only remember, uh, I remind you of the syphilis and the chips. So I was like, yeah, I'm in the mood for a serious song. Also, I thought folk as a genre tends to talk about serious issues. You mentioned war and, you know, personal drama and lost love and whatever, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's, uh, it's, it's a good chance at the end of the season, we're getting close to Christmas, you know, get a bit more serious and reflect a bit. Oh, very nice. Can you just tell me the name of your song before we start? Yes, sure. So, uh, and I, I'm sorry, the grammar does hurt me as well. It has a bit of a southern twang to it. It's called Heaven Burns Bright. Brightly wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, nice. It's, that sounds quite poetic. I I, th- I hope so. It sounds like the apocalypse. <laughs> 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 okay, so I'm ready for your apocalypse song. Uh, here it is. Ralph's folk song, Heaven Burns Bright, brackets Lee. <laughs> Dust comes falling upwards we stray Out on the hill at the end of the day Just me and my grandpa back then To see what the day's been hiding
old man and I Had our chance to watch the sky no more It all had to go What for? If only I could know I guess This ain't right Heaven burns bright I once saw fields Now there's grocery stores I once saw trees Now there's factory floors They look at me With their eyes made of fire They look at me With their eyes made of fire Heaven burns bright From the depths below stars have to go It's one big mess But that's progress I guess This ain't right Heaven burns So, Ralph, usually after I listen to your song, uh, I I leave with sort of a, a giggle. I, I have a little laugh. Or puzzled. Yeah, or, or just <laughs> bewilderment at what on earth just happened. Uh, and <sighs> this one, I feel like I just want to be sat here with, with a whiskey and just, I don't know, contemplate this rather, rather sad song. And I'm not <laughs> used to it from you. I... Y- it's it's kind of a new one for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's it's and it comes from a multitude of things. And let me run through a few things that that really popped out at me from mm-hmm. listening to that song. I've made a little list. So, first of all, the acoustic guitar has what I would consider an absolutely classic folk strumming rhythm. Yeah, I was trying to really nail that, and it's so important. Yeah. I think when you listen to folk songs the guitar is very often the main rhythm instrument, obviously along with the drums, but the drums tend to be in the background. Like yours were here too. The drums are very straight yeah. in your song. And it's actually the, 
guitar that provides the more interesting rhythm, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and the strong bass, I guess, yeah. And, of course, the strong bass, which was my next point. Uh, the bass um, is... I really liked it, and it made me kind of, like, rock from side to side or bob from side to side. And that is also, I would say, a classic folk characteristic of a song. It tends to make you just, you know bob your head from side to side and you know Sipping rock along whiskey. and sip a whiskey ideally um so i thought you nailed that um thank you probably this probably jumped out of listeners too it, it, your voice was very kind of baritone sad um and reminded me it remind it half reminded me of johnny cash okay. but only half because you weren't trying to sing with a proper hardcore american accent and also he's bass not baritone is he uh probably bass yeah. yeah um it was this sort of uh, it reminds me of someone that i don't i can't quite put my finger on mm-hmm. um but it was this very sort of laissez-faire like uh, yeah, yeah and that is also very folky you don't tend to have crazy vocal highs and lows in the folk songs. Mm. The melody is meant to be very simple, actually, because it should be able to be played by everybody. Yeah, and I think you you also you also did that really really well. And I'm curious how you came to those decisions regarding kind of the bass, the guitar, and the voice. Yeah. So maybe quickly to talk about the elephant in the room. It's borderline folk. I think in, in you can say that in many ways. Because I did come from it actually from a very non-folk direction, I'd say. Because actually, I before even writing the first bar of this, I was thinking about, okay, what is folk music? You know, all the stuff we discussed. I listened to some playlists and I decided, eh, especially modern folk, not for me. And I kind of then reasoned with myself and said, okay, there's this genre which is also not really a genre really hard to 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 pin down that i really like called americana so artists like jason isbell that i really like or other you know borderline alternative country artists as well and i was trying to to do that so actually the song started with the bass because i was actually listening to a song by um glenn hansard of the frames i think it was called the band and um he was it was not not something I would also consider a classic folk song, but I don't even remember what the baseline was. But it had a really pronounced baseline, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I never really wrote a song where the baseline came first. So I was fooling around, and it's you know, it's quite a straightforward. But I did that first, and it grew from there. And actually, all the other elements that you mentioned, they kind of fell into place. Really, it's it, it's one of these things which I, I guess is, is good for. It should be a simple song, right? And, and I think it is that. After the bass was recorded, I just grabbed the guitar. And I, I mean, I knew I'm obviously in C, right? So I knew the key. But I also knew that, you know, I'm doing like a flat seven there. So I'm probably, you know, C mixolydian kind of territory. And I was just strumming away on, on like the open C and played, uh, but but also, you know, hammered on that uh, flat seven, turned into the C7. And it immediately worked. I was just like, dum, ba, dum, ba, da, da, dum. I was like, yeah, cool. That's it. And then it, it really I don't even I didn't even think about it. I, I just went to that second chord, the A, and then to the to the to the B flat. It was just this no 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 oh, okay. And it really just yeah, just flowed from there. And uh also the singing, you know, I I thought about how I want to sing this. 
And I first tried recording it in, in my kind of normal singing voice, you know, tried to get up into the soft palette, do all the things, you know, support, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, eh, hmm. didn't really click. It was a bit too too much tension, I'd say. You know, if anyone ever tried singing, the number one thing everyone is concerned with, especially at the beginning, is breath support, right? And that is basically there to, you know, kind of give you power, give you energy, and also keep you straight when singing, right? And I was like, yeah, but actually, this should be more fragile. So I was like, okay, I'm going to actually sing baritone, where support gets a lot harder for non-trained singers. It's very much including me. And so I knew it's going to be a bit more fragile, a bit more vulnerable. And I'm going to also, you know, it's it's way less clean. I'm wobbly, pulling off and off pitch every now and then and these kind of things. No, I, it just felt right. It felt a bit storytelly. I also had similar artists in mind, actually. I was also thinking, yeah, a bit of Leonard Cohen here and there, a bit of Nick Cave there, a bit of the national uh, artists I like, not necessarily folk artists, but story artists. And I, I thought, yeah, why not? Works. Yeah, and that definitely comes through. And it's interesting you you mentioned kind of the the Americana genre because I wrote down three genres that came to came to my mind mm-hmm. when listening to the song. The first was was blues. Yeah. The second was country, largely because of the sort of slide guitar. Couldn't help it. Yeah, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> uh, and then, but then those two blended together can equal folk. So I put folk as the third one because I mean yeah. that 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 it included the instruments. I mean, you went Bob Dylan, right? You had uh, an electric and an acoustic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I mean, no, that that's still folk. Yeah. We can we can roll with that because we all know that we can't really define folk, so yeah. we can roll with it. I'm, I'm glad. I, yeah. I was hoping the same because I, I'm like, folk is an open thing. And yeah, sure, there's a lot of blues and country in there, but, you know. Another one of my favorite things that you did in that song was this fantastic three-word kind of rhyme that you did with uh, mess, progress, and guess. Oh, yeah. That was, that was lovely. What was the line again? Uh, it's one big mess... But that's progress, but that's I progress, guess. Progress, I guess. Yeah. Progress, I guess. But actually, progress is not uh, technically part of the rhyme because it's not at the end of the phrase. Yeah. But yeah, it just flows. Doesn't yeah, it? That's, I was, I, I was, I, that caught my attention straight away. I was like, yeah. And it's a strong statement as well. It's like, yeah. it's sad. Yeah, it feels like you're, you're kind of resigned, resigning to the situation, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's quite sad. It, it actually came to me uh, while driving my bike. Uh, last week, I told you we were actually meeting. And uh, on the way, I was thinking about the story of the song, what it could be. And uh, just, you know, bouncing ideas. And that, that immediately, uh, yeah, mess, progress, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. And I think that's a really good tip, actually, because um, when you're out and about, that can often be the best place to think of lyrics or think of ideas or think of stories. Um, some of the best, the best, some of my favorite songs that I've written have been like on the bus. Yeah, it's Or great. commuting somewhere. It's, it's such a cool thing because you have this space where you can just think about, there's, there's nothing else to do. So. Yeah. You can really relax. And but also you can't thing. focus entirely on it, which is a good thing. Because that, you'd fall off your bike. Yeah, right. Or you, you know, crash into a car, whatever. So there's a time and place for sitting down and focusing on the music, for sure. Especially when it's, you know, a bit more elaborate or when you, which I usually do. Also in this song I did, when you do work with theory, kind of, you know, backwards, starting from theory and then implementing. Sure, there's a time and place for that. But there is, there is some value in actually just doing something else entirely, but kind of just giving part of your mental capacity to that. 
And then just make sure to record whatever you thought about. You remember when we met, you said, Dan, I just give me one second. I need to record this. I need to just make a little voice note of this or something or write it down. Yeah. So I just did a little voice note and uh, just, yeah, basically told myself what verse one, verse two, chorus and the bridge should be story-wise and also this progress, I guess, thing. Top tip from Ralph. Um, one one final thing uh, is what I always ask you. What did you find the hardest with writing this song? Actually, nothing in particular this time. I It was kind of a smooth ride, also because I didn't have crazy ambition. I'm still kind of new to Logic, the program I was using. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it simple, not have too many tracks, not have too many elements, certainly not too many instruments. So... There was a moment at the beginning when I was struggling with deciding what way I want to take this. So I was, when I was thinking about, okay, folk, what do I want to do? And there was a moment where I was like, you know, I could just write a bluegrass instrumental song or something. And I was like, that might be fun. Get the old mandolin out, do some bluegrass. But that actually took me a couple days to just get my hat straight and be like, okay, I think I want to do this. And after that, actually, writing worked really nicely. I think I spent maybe half an hour on working on the baseline, and everything else kind of came from there. And uh, recording was actually quite smooth. Um, maybe that is interesting. I tried to do this as folky as I can, so all the instruments you hear, and with some minor exceptions, all the vocals are one takes. So I just turn on the song, and I play the entire four minutes through. On, on each of the instruments, actually. So that's kind of, I, I think it's a fun element, but also obviously it makes everything a lot easier because you have to then just commit. So yeah, n- smooth ride, mainly. I'm quite happy with it. Always things production-wise that can be better, of course, especially, you know, compared to what you can do with Logic and what you do with Logic. But, you know, I'm happy overall. So the polar opposite of last month, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I see that. Yeah. And uh, it's cool that we were able to use, again, real instruments. Uh, and Although you did that last month too. But, yeah. Like, oh, well. uh, but you know, in the native environment, should we say. Yeah, properly. And also, I, I had a lot of fun properly playing the bass and taking it seriously and having a bass line. And that was actually really, you know, it, it feels like you're a real musician again. When I was like, okay, I have to nail this bass line, make it as tight as I can, listen to the drums and just, dum, 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 dum. I, you know, it makes me feel good. I'm happy about that. That's what we're here for, Ralph, to make you feel good. <laughs> Exclusively. <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, Heaven heaven Burns Brightly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ignore it. Heaven Burns Bright. But you, now, now that you heard the song, you know why Lee wouldn't have worked. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So with that... It's time, time for, for you to suffer. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Turn this thing around. All right. So now I'm pumped and excited. I'm glad you liked my song. That's always uh, quite reassuring. You never really know. You, you yeah, not sure. Right? You kind yeah. of write this in a vacuum. Yeah. So I don't actually want to ask too much beforehand but yeah give give me the name and maybe the overall idea of your song before we listen okay so uh the name is uh the night is day makes sense 
And the concept is essentially, it's a sad song as well. Uh, it's a guy that for various reasons wants to look up at the stars and he can't. Oh. And it makes him really, really sad. Um, and he he loses all hope, actually. <sighs> Poor fella. Yeah, it's, again, a very sad song. All um, right. So light pollution's a serious issue, people. Take it more seriously. Mm. So, uh, well, here it is. Night is day. Just like you And after many miles I can tell this love is true Now I'm a failed romantic Deep down in my heart To show how much I love you Oh, just wait till it's dark I wanna show you Venus I wanna show you Mars Well 
That is catchy. That is proper catchy. It's it's one of these, you know, every now and then you come across a melody and you don't even necessarily hear the lyrics, you know. You know the situation if you walk through a supermarket or whatever and there's something on the radio and you just keep humming that for the next couple hours and that's one of those songs. Ah, great. Uh, I uh, Yeah, that it plagued me for days when I was recording it. It wouldn't get out of my head, that yeah. chorus, in, in my dreams. It yeah, was, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I, I wonder what it is. Uh, I actually thought about it the entire time. And I, was, I think it has to do, I mean, number one, it's just a strong melody of, like, you know, kind of core, you know, not a cr- crazy amount of movement, you know, keeping it low in the, in, in the major scale and stuff. That's always, a, you know, something people remember. But I feel like it might also have to do with the syncopation there and the rhythm. It says, Venus, kind of long, and then show you Mars. Mm. And then bum 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 bum. It just yeah, it grabs your attention. I think you did very well. Everything and so everything is obviously three and then stars. Star yeah, you yeah. repeat that basically yeah. yeah. So you're you're creating these moments of it's not even tension necessarily. I wouldn't call it tension, but of interest where you half expect something to happen, but then you don't deliver on it, and you instead let story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so, but you know, you just let the music speak for itself. I, I think it's it. Yeah, it really hooks you. Thanks. Really nice. Cool. So, maybe start with the vibes I'm getting. I feel like for the most part, this is classic '60s territory, isn't it? Oh yes, sir. That's where I was firmly in the '60s. So I, I feel. I mean, a lot of Bob Dylan there. Not exclusively, I would say, but a lot of Bob Dylan. And yeah, I was half expecting a harmonica solo at some point. <laughs> Yeah, and I seriously contemplated it. And we do have a set of harmonicas here, none of which are in the key that I wrote it in, which was A sharp, major, slash B flat. I mean, if I'd thought about it, could have just raised it to a C and I have a wonderful C harmonica. Well, but then we would have written a song on the same key, which is, you know, would have been a shame. Ah, yes, that's, that is true. But you can argue about the key of my song. Depending on where you are, it's either C or F or D. <laughs> uh, you can't really argue about mine. And it's, yeah, it's good. It's very good. much there. But it's the one where I thought it, it fit the vibe the best. I think C would have been too positive for that song. I wanted it to be, and I, I don't know, it just sounded best there. So yeah. I left it there. You know, every now and then, I feel like it, it mostly depends on your voice, of course, right? So you're going for a certain quality in your voice that you can deliver best in a certain key or in you know in a range right so you know once you're happy with it probably you don't want to really change the key just to fit in some sort of harmonica solo yeah. and then move your voice into another register because like you know it worked yeah exactly so never yeah. change a, a winning team right and there's beauty and simplicity never forget that either we will never forget that <laughs> and a couple of other elements i really liked is even though this song has very little well, it actually doesn't. It has a, a couple of country elements, but some of them are really strong, like that little lead guitar thing. It's amazing. I, I, I don't really have it in my head anymore, but... But at the end, you have a, an, another walk-up to mm. a higher note. You don't end on the, on, on the lowest one. Yeah. And that made it so country to me. I don't know why. It's like classic. That's Johnny Cash territory. Yeah, and I think I was very much inspired by that and I have to say a little bit of Joan Baez. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. because in uh, I I really like her song Diamonds and Rust, and she has also a similar. Well, it's not a similar guitar line, but she has a guitar line that's played on the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have sounded more folky on the acoustic guitar. Yes. But I really like that sound. It's quite twangy and Yeah, nice. I was yeah. like, oh, this sounds really actually quite cool. And I thought it was fun to mix mix a little bit. Well, I mean, then it would have been basically purely folk because I wouldn't have had any electric elements at all apart right. from the electric bass because I don't own a double bass yet. Uh, uh, I would have, I could have played it on the acoustic guitar and then you would have probably thought it would just be pure folk i guess yeah i think so i love the sound of course i mean you know me i'm a sucker for country and today was confirmed again this as we record this the spotify year in review came out and obviously my number one genre is country again so and my number one was indie folk so indie folk yeah, really? yeah there you go yeah. so you should really be it's home turf it is it is oh, nice some other elements i really liked before talking about your process a bit i love that very you know present and at the same time not very present harmonies so present in the sense that you have harmonies going through a large part of the song but at the same time they are not very present until the last chorus and they build nicely and uh, they've always been there kind of or from quite early on but you don't realize all that much for a bit and at some point you really come out so i think that works really nicely quite tasteful and of course um, I'm a sucker for country folk bass lines. Boom, 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 boom. It was the most like, simple bass line I've ever written, actually. Um, I could have put more effort into it, probably, but I, 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 I thought I'm not going to focus too much on making an interesting bass line like you did. You, mm-hmm. you started with your bass line, which is interesting. My bass line came last. Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually... I like it, but at the same time, a little bit of embellishments because I can even already I can already hear it. You know, you you stick yeah. to the one five thing, yeah. and when I'm like, I'm gonna show you Mars, boom, boom, boom. I hear it, but it's mm. not there. But yeah. it should be a boom, boom, boom. I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you did. So now you already said that you uh, obviously didn't start with bass. I, I didn't think you would. What did, did you actually start with? Did you start with the melody because you said that you had this? chorus in your head the entire time or did you start with a guitar or what was the process there it was absolutely fascinating for me this process it was very different to how i normally write songs i mean normally uh, you know sometimes i start with with the chords sometimes i start with the um, the drums even sometimes but this one i started with the chorus and i wrote it the day after we f- we recorded our last episode. It was devastating. I was like, oh, I'm already behind. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's already halfway through his song. And I I sat with my acoustic guitar and I it just came out. I, I said, I want to show you Venus. I want to show you Mars. So it came out as both as chords and as a melody. Yeah. So I started playing, I started with the chords, right? And I just started like, I, I literally played the first one. I was like, I want to show you Venus. And then I was like, well, I know where I'm going now. I want to show you Mars. <laughs> Moaz. I have this weird sort of half New York accent. Moaz. 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 Stores. Can I get some coffee? <laughs> yeah. With my Moaz bois. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it it came together very, very quickly. And I was like, I think this is a fairly strong chorus. I think it. I mean, I, I, that, that was my first impression. It's a fairly strong chorus. Yeah. I was like, uh, people will probably get it somewhere because it was stuck in my head. And that's maybe a little tip. Like if something gets stuck in your head that you've played roll with it probably don't change it yeah yeah stick with it roll with it and the, cho- the the chorus did not change one bit 
since that time. Now, what happened was that led me into very, in, very much into a false sense of security because I was like, well, I've already done the chorus, so the rest of the song won't take me very long. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it was recording day. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, so I, I, I actually, so how, how did it go from there? I, obviously with the chords of the chorus, I was able to work out what some decent chords would be for the, mm-hmm. for the verse. And what was quite important to me was this, this seven chord that oh, I yeah. play, you know. The, the end. end. Yeah. And that's, that made it very folky to me. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a C7. A C7? Mm, C7. That is C minor seven, I want to say. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, C minor seven. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, this this makes me feel like folk. And there were some other odd things about my song, like the fact that usually for a verse, you have eight bars, sometimes 12 bars. Mm-hmm. Um, for a chorus, maybe eight, eight sometimes 16. 16. Yeah. Um, my verse was 10 bars. Huh. And that caused me a few issues trying to work out where on earth I was in the <laughs> song because... If you record a song, you can see at the top like what bar you're in, right? Yeah. And I was like, so usually after eight bars, I'm hitting a pre-chorus or a chorus or after 16 or, or whatever. Some number that I'm used to, like eight, 16, sometimes 12, right? Yeah. But then I was like, I'm, I'm on 10. And I was like, yeah. huh? And then I was like, yeah, it's because I play this extra chord at the end of the verse. And, yes. And, and it sounds so right in the context of the song. Mm-hmm. And I think old Dan would have been like, okay, well then let's cut that in half. And then you've got, you've got eight bars and then we're mm-hmm. good. But I was like, no, I'm going to roll with it because it feels right, and I'm I'm sick and tired of people telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I usually tell you what to do you every do. time. Yeah, I mean, the, the listeners might not know this, but you actually don't write songs. Nope. I tell you what to write. Exactly. You yeah. you sit behind me and, and and hit me when I get things wrong. Yeah, I've got a whip. Yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, no, get- I I I just I just rolled with it this time around, and I'm very happy that I did. Um, I can imagine it actually causes just a couple of other issues down the line once you start doing that right because also when you're working with logic drummers for example they will give you some sort of fill every four or eight bars they will not understand you have a 10 bar thing going on that's exactly right and that's exactly what <laughs> happened and i just left them in because they didn't sound bad yeah so yeah. if you listen to the song again you'll hear the odd fill in the wrong place huh. and that's because i uh, at the beginning of the chorus especially because the the, the chorus drums start two bars before the chorus should start in Logic's mm-hmm. mind. So the fill comes two bars into the chorus. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. But it's such a small fill, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, okay. It's a symbol at oh, some right, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I turned the fills right down. So yeah, that that, that was an interesting one. Um, and then one thing that I really enjoyed doing was, was making that guitar line. Uh, yeah. that, when I put that in, I was like, oh, here's my song. Yeah. Here's my song. And I love that moment pitch. when you find that one element that makes your song. And for me it was that and the chorus, obviously. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that that's and, and it just goes to show how different every song is. Because, you know, you, you have this kind of center it's not a centerpiece, but this kind of final element that you are looking for, and then it feels complete. Sometimes, however, you write a song and you have that element from the beginning, like I would argue with my baseline, it's just kind of, that's where I started. And you have the opposite problem, right? You you don't come to a point where like, there's nothing more to add, but there's nothing more to take away, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. every song is a bit different in that way. Yep. And that really keeps it interesting. And that's why songwriting is such a fun thing to do, people. Right, right. it is. Please do it. There was an interesting, also kind of pressure that I felt. Why? Because 
I'd written what I thought was a good chorus and you feel like the rest of the song has to live up to that chorus. Uh, yeah. That was also a little bit tricky. I was like, ah, I really hope I can do the chorus justice with the rest of the song. And for me, again, one of the most important things was the acoustic guitar rhythm going mm-hmm. through. And the rhythm's quite straight through the whole song. The drums are very gentle in the background. The guitar carries the rhythm. Uh, all of it a one take, um, very much like your also, song. Also, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I feel like, though, you know, you shouldn't... Number one, I think it it totally worked. But number two, I also feel like it's actually well accepted. And I don't think that's a good thing. But I feel like in popular music, it's quite well accepted that verses tend to be a lot better than uh, worse than choruses. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, what, what kind of weak verses many quite popular songwriters get away with. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so you shouldn't be too hard on yourself with the expectations there. But I, f- I feel like, you know, sure, your verse is nowhere as catchy as your chorus but it's fine and it has a simple melody that repeats that is classic folk as well almost nursery rhyme like dum 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 like that i think is very important because it's easy for people to sing along to that was also important to me to keep the melody and the verse also very simple but Mm. defined almost nursery rhyme like yeah yeah i think that's basically what i said earlier as well right that you don't really move or you kind of stay in the in, in the major scale and you don't move very high up either. You do a lot of one, two, and threes, basically. Yeah. So a lot of Mary Had a Little Lamp yeah. and, and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star yeah. in some order. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's obviously what always had has worked. And I, I think, you know, what could be more folk than that? And with that, I think, do you have anything to add or can we, sadly, and I mean it honestly this time, leave folk behind? I've actually got loads to add. Uh, how long have you got? Uh, <laughs> Like we're basically going on uh, a mid-season hiatus, so I've got like months. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm also happy how it turned out, and I think if we put both our songs back to back, they wouldn't sound out of place on the same album. That's what I was. Yes, that, I, I was thinking a similar thing. It's it's impressive because I really coming here today. I didn't think my song was particularly folky, and listening to yours at the beginning, I was like, David, that's folk. But yeah. If you, sure, you know, align production styles, you know, if, if, say, we went to a studio and recorded an album, the two of us, with the same band and the same equipment, and those two songs were on there and back-to-back, that would work. That would be fun. Correct. Which is great. They'd be a bit confused by a girl band song, but... <laughs> <laughs> the syphilis is going to kind yeah, of, you yeah. know, blow it. But otherwise, oh, God. Oh, God. So with that, we sadly say goodbye to folk. Uh, thank you to folk music for being so awesome. It was really cool. It was. I really enjoyed it. And now it's time to talk about what we do for the season finale. <laughs> All right, Dan. So, maybe, you know, for the listeners who might not yet be super familiar with our concept. So, this show works in seasons, right? As we at some point randomly decided mid-first season. (laughs) (laughs) When we were burnt out from writing songs. (laughs) It is quite toxic. And now we are approaching the end of season two. So, that's crazy. Today was actually our fifth... No, wait a second. We each wrote seven songs in season one we now each wrote seven songs in season two we co-wrote one song at the end of season one and our now christmas song our take christmas a listen song. secret santa fantastic it's on spotify it's the season now 
And we're going to do the same thing again. We're going to end this season with a collaboration project. And we unilaterally decided what that collaboration project would be because uh, we did that last year too. Uh, and to be fair, though, we did have a vote, you remember? Yeah, we did. And it was Upris Key was actually in there. And it was a close, close second by one vote. Yeah. And then we decided to, you know, take that as our end of season special, right? So last year was Christmas song, of course. This year, we thought, well, let's take what came second place just uh, and write an Apreski song. <sighs> it's crazy. Apreski. Whatever. And uh, for those of you that maybe don't know what Apreski music is, it's the sort of music that you listen to to party when you're drunk on a mountain, basically. Basically. And looking to get corona. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's obviously a very, very german-speaking area kind of thing yeah so it's, it's mostly you know in the mountains of austria switzerland maybe southern germany that's kind of where this happens and it's i guess it's a part of schlager music which is just popular german like dance music i guess yeah so it's going to be interesting our four so obviously we couldn't vote or we couldn't let you vote on the genre because the genre was decided but of course you had a chance to vote on the topic the topics were all in German because the song is going to be in German. But even if you don't speak German, I'm, I'm sure you will be able to appreciate it next time around. We're going to explain it, obviously. Shall I quickly remind you of our four topics that were up for vote done? Uh, that would be amazing. The four topics that we came up with drunk around a table a few weeks ago. It was lovely. It was wonderful. It was quite special. So, and I'm going to try and translate again. It's a bit hard. Number one, 3G, genesen, geimpft oder geil which means 3G, for the first letter in the, in, in the three German words, of recovered, vaccinated, or horny. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a play on words about being horny in times of corona. Number two, lass mich dein Jägermeister sein. Let me be your Jägermeister. Which is... Ah, I've got a... Has a nice double meaning there, Soft spot in my heart yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Then we have Pulverschnee, which is powder snow but you know very much code for cocaine <laughs> and simple and easy geile arsch nice ears <laughs> nice ears so dan we were running votes again you can always vote on the website but the easiest way to vote is on instagram and our master of instagram our head of social media himself mr daniel courtney can you tell us how people have voted so um, I would love to say this was a close run thing. It wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Um, Gaila Ash came in last place, which was surprising to me. That so is surprising. Nice ass. For me, Pulverschnee, clearly last place. Pulverschnee was third place. Mm -hmm. uh, then we had the frankly excellent Last Mich Dein Jägermeister sein. Let me be your Jägermeister. And the clear runaway, oh. runaway winner was Draghi Gimpft, Knesen. What a gal. Oh, and I think that was the winner from the start. Yeah. I, yeah that was the winner of a heart. Yeah. So we are writing a song together for the first time this season and only the second time ever on Songwriting Idiots. So next, next episode, you can look forward to a song, an apprecie song created by the frankly genius minds <laughs> of my, yours, truly. yours truly and the other yours truly <laughs> <laughs> beautiful so yeah i think that's going to be a nice end of the season probably since it's already december now and we are kind of 
behind schedule. Let's just move it into January. Make it easy. It's ski season, January. Yeah, January is 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 peak ski season. Mm -hmm. Corona or not? Yeah, Ornicron or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever variants here in January, people let us know. I only know three Greek letters. (laughs) I'm lost. I've been lost long ago. Also, how do we go from Delta to to Omnicron? Uh, Apparently, there were a couple of. uh, uh, Let's not talk about it. Apparently, the letters in between were already taken by other variants we never heard about. Interesting. Anyway, so it's going to be January, and well. That's going to mark the end of this season. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. There's going to be, and I'm looking forward to that again, we're going to do a season in review special after that. That's always fun. Maybe, last time, if you've been a long-time listener, you know that we played the last song of the season, Secret Santa was, live in all other genres. <laughs> yes. So maybe, I'm not I'm not going to promise too much, but maybe we're going to play Geimpft, Genesen oder Geil in the other seven genres. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Genesen, Geimpft oder Geil in Gypsy Jazz style. <laughs> That's oh, going to no. be fun. This is going to be fun. In Death Metal, in Disco, oh, it was a good season, but it, we're going to talk about Thank that. Thank you for, for being with us so far, and uh, the highlight will for sure be next month. Uh, if you don't follow us yet, Instagram's the place to be at Songwriting Idiots. And you can always uh, write us an email at podcast at songwritingidiots.com. Also, of course, obviously, follow the podcast wherever you listen, follow on Spotify, follow on whatever podcast app you use. And then we will see you or you will hear us, <laughs> whatever, in January. And until then, all the you know, Merry Christmas and stuff, listen to Secret Center. Yeah. And we'll see you in January. Ready to party with our Apreshi song, Gimpt Genesen oder Geil! Geil.